Hi, everyone, and welcome to season two of the New Selling of Sales podcast. Uh, this is episode two, and we're recording on 2-22-22. So um, we figure there's going to be something special in this conversation. Um, my guest today is Dr. Jane Soika, and we are going to be talking about teaching students to not fear failure. So first, let me tell you a little bit about Jane. Um, she is from the University of Cincinnati, and she earned her doctorate from Washington State University studying gender differences in salespeople. As a marketing professor at the Linder College of Business at UC, she was awarded a higher education innovation grant from Procter & Campbell, and that resulted in her groundbreaking women in sales class. And her innovative approach to closing the gender gap in confidence earned her a 2016 AMA Innovation in Teaching Award. Now, Jane's been really busy. She founded the Linder College of Business Center for Professional Selling. And that also appears in our SEF annual magazine list of top sales universities. She also founded the college's varsity sales team which competes in national sales competitions. Now, if you don't know much about sales competitions, you need to learn because they are exciting events for professors who serve as coaches and students who compete and companies who serve as buyers and judges and participate in career fairs. Uh, I also need to mention that Jane is on the SEF advisory board. So welcome, Jane. It's such a pleasure to have you today. Thank you, Marty. I think we go back a long time. Yeah, <laughs> over a decade. I, I, I do believe so. I yeah. do believe so. So it's a pleasure to be here. And thank you for that warm introduction. I appreciate oh, that. Oh, well, you're welcome. You're welcome. So <clears throat> we're going to get right into our conversation today. Uh, first, I want to tell our listeners or viewers, because um, you know, you can either listen to this podcast on Anchor and Spotify, or you can view the uh, video on the SEF YouTube channel, Sales Education Foundation. So a couple of years ago, Jane wrote us an article for the SEF annual on filling the gender gap and diversifying the sales force. The article was on her women in sales and it generated a great deal of interest from other educators. We're gonna spend a few moments talking about that idea, how Jane developed it and what she learned. So my first question to you, Jane is, what did you discover from your women in sales class. Wow, that's okay, I know we it's don't a have one. two hours. Okay, we we don't have two hours. Um, okay, this one, this one, you're you're gonna write, want to write this down. Women are different than men. Okay, that's <laughs> and and yet th that sounds so simple. Women are unique and equal, and yet we forget that at the boardroom. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think honestly, as mothers, we we see it all the time. If you've ever raised boys and girls, but we forget it at the boardroom. And so when I walked into that women in sales class the first time, and let me tell you, I didn't know what was happening. Okay. And I really <laughs> thought it would be 25 women and two wonderful men. Okay. Make it, make no doubt about it. I mm -hmm. love my men. Um, I thought it would be a one-off, a one-off class and word of mouth spread on campus. And it, it, it grew like, like wildfire. So I knew going in, women had a different communication style. 
and I knew that from my, my dissertation research. I didn't know how different. I also realized early on there were different skill sets that women needed to be taught and their teachable skill sets. So you've touched on, you know, resilience. We've touched mm-hmm. on, you know, overcoming fear of failure. Mm-hmm. All of that builds confidence. And I also learned while I was teaching the 25 women, it didn't hurt the men at all. Yeah. It in fact helped them as well. So um, yeah, it's, it, and, and every semester I, I learn more and I keep adapting and the course keeps evolving. Mm-hmm. So it's really, it's really exciting. Uh, you know, it's, you're right. It's a, it's an obvious thing. Men are different than women, but you hit the nail on the head when it comes to the boardroom. Yeah. 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 And, and I think I grew up and, you know, I grew up in the era where to be successful, you had to be like a man. Okay. And mm-hmm. I, you remember, I, maybe you remember dress oh, for do. success <laughs> i wish i had a picture no i don't really wish i had a picture <laughs> because it would be so embarrassing but you know we we wore the little bow ties the hair and buns and the whole message was if you want to be successful you have to be like a man and and, and you know what we were doing the best we can i mean mm-hmm. no that we're doing the, the best we can and it was a time and we didn't know what else to do but what i learned the hard way is and I, this is a quotation from somebody, it takes so much energy to be something you're not. Yes. It takes so much energy yes. to be something you're not, not to mention the fact I'm not very good at being something I'm not. So this course, um, and, it, and part of the impetus for this course was issues that I faced and the other women faced as the, as the um, innovators or the pioneers of women in business. I thought we settled a lot of the stuff. And then I had daughters and students go into the workforce and thinking, mm-hmm. no, the wars, battles we fought are still coming right. up. We need to, we need to take a different tack. And so that was another reason for me getting back into saying, wait a minute, mm-hmm. we've tried making women like men. That doesn't work. What happens if we teach women to step into their, their strong and powerful natural competencies? Mm-hmm and bring different ideas to the boardroom. What happens then? And that's the unique, the unique Mm -hmm. and equal. Our differences are our strengths. And that's what we develop in this class. You just said it all right there. Our differences are our strengths. When you were talking about the dress for success, it reminded me that in those days, because I do remember them, (laughs) um, it was all about conformity. And it, there's yeah. such a switch now, it's about diversity yeah. and recognizing the different talents that people bring and understanding how to put those different individuals and different talents together to make a successful team. You know, I, I love that. And I teach my students, diversity is like parts of the body, okay? And, and once again, we can go back. What was I taught? Well, it's a melting pot. Well, that analogy doesn't work because it doesn't blend together. Right. Then we evolve to the salad. Well, I can have a good salad and toss out the tomatoes. Mm-hmm. So that analogy doesn't work. But if you think of diversity as parts of the body, especially the senses. So if I'm on a railroad track and I'm facing one way, mm-hmm. my eyes are saying, no problem, Jane, I don't see a train. If all I'm listening to are my eyes, that's one thing. My ears are saying, wait, wait, 
hold on. I hear a train whistle. <laughs> Eyes are saying, I don't see a train. My hands, my feet are saying, I can, I can feel the, the yeah. tracks rumbling. Now, I can live without my hearing, and people do. They mm -hmm. do rather well. Mm -hmm. Would I want to? No, because you know what? I want inputs from all those different senses yes. to make good decisions. And my eyes are lousy ears. You know, I need <laughs> yeah. the input from my ears. And so I think a nice way of to think of diversity is, is, is parts of the body. We mm -hmm. all have different jobs. And boy, when we work together and bring those insights together, it is a powerful, strong organization. That's a great way to look at it. You're, I remember the salad and everything else, but yeah, the parts of the body. It's, uh, but you know, what's interesting about that, just a quick aside here. Um, I worked for over 20 years with a gentleman who was deaf and his eyesight was incredible. And that his sense true. of touch was incredible because the, the body has a way of compensating for things like, like the eyesight. You know, some people have terrible eyesight and they have great hearing. So uh, that's, a, that's a really good analogy. I'm going to remember that one and I'm going to use you. it. I'm going to use it again. And I hope others who are listening today will use it as well. So we've talked a lot about what you discovered. Um, I wanted to touch for a little bit on some of the outcomes. Um, some of the, like what they say, success stories yeah. from, your, from your students and from your course. Okay. Well, and this is true of almost anybody who teaches sales. You know, you ask the first semester, how many of you, you know, first day of class, how many want to be sales reps? And everybody just slides underneath the seats. You know, why did they take the class? Well, it was a convenient time. It fit into my schedule. I heard you were a good teacher or everything. So, you know, I, I quit doing that. But what some of the outcomes, a shocking number of women go into sales. I never cease to be amazed. And I think it's twofold. And this is why I love this course so much. First of all, and this is true of a lot of sales courses, not just women in sales. Mm -hmm. They come in with negative perceptions of sales. Oh, yes. And then through the course, it's like, oh, I didn't know this is what sales is mm -hmm. like. Oh, you have to be a good listener. Oh, you're a problem solver. You help people. So by the end of the course, women are like, wow, I didn't know this is what sales is like, mm -hmm. and I can do this. And I'm like, yeah, you can do this, and you can do this really well. And so I never cease to be amazed at how many of the women coming out of the class end up going into sales. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. You know, yeah. so that, that, was a, that was one of my favorite favorite takeaways. The mm -hmm. other one is I've got to talk about the men because, you know, why are men taking a women in sales class? And I always have a couple of men in the class and I welcome them with open arms. They become our biggest allies yes. because it's really an in-group, out-group. And whereas you and I were used to being the out-group through most of our business careers and even a lot of my academic career, mm -hmm. I'm the only one in the room that looks like me or, you know, maybe a sprinkling, but certainly not a critical mass. And so for many of the men in the class, this is their first experience as an outgroup. And oh. they, it's, it's kind of fun. I see the same behavior in them that I see in my women who are outgroups in my traditional selling class. And when we partner up, they partner, they partner together, they, <laughs> they sit together, 
they don't raise their hands, okay, be, because they, they know what it feels like now to be an outgroup. Well, that makes them incredible allies oh, yeah. going out into the world. And some of the comments have been, I had no idea. And that's building that empathy and understanding where that other person is coming from. So um, wow. those have both been those mm -hmm. have both been really fun fun takeaways. Oh gosh, yeah, you know, I, um, the the thing about the the men becoming allies, um, that's just that's just so important. Um, I mean, I've heard a lot of stories. Of, you know, the first part about people thinking that's not sales. I'm I'm just taking this because it's a convenient time <laughs> or or curiosity. Lots of times. Mm -hmm. Um, and some universities have actually started requiring all their business students to take at least one sales course. And that course, that women in sales course, I venture to guess would be an asset for all of the young men who are mm -hmm. in the business school, because it, it is opening their eyes and it is showing them um, what it feels like to be kind of on the other side of the table. Gosh, that's, that's just really empowering to those young men who really just kind of stick their necks out and say, I'm going to do this because, um, they yeah. do. And they do very well in the job market also, oh, because yeah. we need diversity and we need people who can work with people who look different than them. And these men excel at that. So it, is, it has been really exciting. Um, you talk about other outcomes. We, we did, um, we, because it was a grant, we had to pre-test and post-test the, mm -hmm. the first class. We did significantly reduce women's fear of failure. Yes. And, you know, and that is really important because coming into the class, and I think there's a lot of reasons and I really don't want to get into the reasons, Yeah. but women are especially prone to fear failure. I think we think we're, you know, people are looking at us. We don't, we expect, so rather, this is Sheryl Sandberg, rather than take a chance, we will pull ourselves out of the game. Mm-hmm rather than risk being told no. And I can give you example after example. In fact, one of my TED talk, you know, I talked about example of that, right? Yeah. From my own life. I was actually gonna bring up your TED talk in the, in the <laughs> ne next few minutes, but, uh, but yeah. And um, yeah, let's, let's dive into that fear of failure a little bit. Yeah, um, well, and, and once again, this is another thing that has evolved when I started the class. So I, I now approach it with a two-step two process. First is, you know, why is overcoming fear of failure so important? Well, in sales, it's critical. And in fact, go back to Harvard Business Review. I want to say it's 2020, Andy Zoltman at the, you know, mm -hmm. in his article, mm -hmm. I loved it. Women are the future of B2B sales. And at the end of it, it's a little tagline, but we've got to get them over their fear of risk, which is really fear of failure. And it's like, mm -hmm. cha-ching, we know how to do that. And it's a teachable skill. So at the very beginning, I teach them, I literally help them reframe failure. Because here's what happens. The research shows that when women, and honestly, this is true of some men too, but I'm going to say women. When women fail, we tend to do one of two things. And this is true no matter if you're in the C-suite level, because I work a lot of C-suite mm -hmm. women, or a freshman. Number one, we ruminate. 
we just play it over and over and over again. Like we think the ending is going to be different mm -hmm. when we play it over again. No, no. All we're doing is just ingraining that mistake, whatever it is, in the mind. Yes. Yes. Second thing we do, we beat ourselves up. Jane, that was so stupid. I can't believe you said that was so stupid. Now, like, like we think beating ourselves up is going to help. <laughs> so all these things, like, no wonder we're afraid of failure. Who wants to beat yourself up and play it over again? So I give my students eight strategies and I tell them it's kind of like dress shopping because what looks good on me is not going to look good on you. What you wear to a wedding isn't what you wear to a beach party. So you've got to pick and choose. And that's uh -huh. where there's a variety. But the goal is, and, and they literally, they write five papers. They practice. Here's, here's my failure. I got a B plus instead of an A. I only ran two mm -hmm. miles. I wanted to run five miles. Or my personal favorite, I ate the entire roll of Girl Scout cookies and I was only going to eat two. Okay. <laughs> men, men are like, huh? And the women are like, oh, I get it. I get mm -hmm. it. I so get it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then they use one of the strategies. So one of, just a simple one is failure is an event, not a person. Okay. So what happens when we're beating ourselves? Oh, you're such a failure. You're going to live in your parents' basement forever. You know, you're such a failure. No, failure is an event, not a person. Mm -hmm. I didn't do as well on the exam as I wanted to, but I am still smart. I am still a good marketing student. I am still kind. I am still compassionate and I can fix this. I can do better next time. And then the students evaluate, did you get over it quickly? It's not, what did you learn? Because a lot of times when we get in the, what did you learn? You keep ruminating, trying to figure mm -hmm. out what did I learn? You know, I, well, I, yeah. I learned I'm not really good at calculus. That's what I, <laughs> I learned. learned. I failed. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's not my calling. That's what I learned. But it's, did he get over it quickly? Yeah. So start working on the next one. So um, when I started the class, I had papers do eight, eight, eight papers. Didn't need eight papers, five. In five, they were like, okay, this is the failure. This is the strategy I used. Yeah, I got over and moved on. Mm -hmm. So that, that, that's, a, that's one assignment. The next thing, the other thing I do is I address how we of, we're so afraid of failing, self-limiting behaviors yes. that we use to avoid failure, okay? So um, one of perfectionism, right? Because you think, oh, if I'm perfect, uh -huh. I'm not going to fail. Well, you know, the problem is you're never perfect, but that's also why men will apply for a job if they have 60% of the criteria. Women have to have 100% of the criteria. Mm -hmm. We've got a problem. You're never going to get the job if you don't apply. Right. So we also look at those self-limiting behaviors. People pleasing is another one. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah right exactly exactly and, and like i tell my students i've been through all these phases we think oh if i make everybody happy they'll you know i'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fail well you never make everybody happy and you right. lose yourself in the process and so and i think the uh, control is the other one and isolation and busyness mm -hmm. i added busyness this mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just recently, you know, just busy. So I'm distracted and I look important and da, 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 da. And oh, I would yeah. maintain instead of using self-limiting behaviors, because face it, there's enough people out there who want to limit us. We do not need to be limiting ourselves. ourselves. Get comfortable. Like what's the worst that can happen? They say, no, what do you do? Move on. Cha-ching. Yes. Become resilient, which is 
bouncing back after failure. If you know you can bounce back from failure, failure loses its sting. That, yeah, so you're helping the students to, to recognize traits that uh, a lot of people possess. Yeah. Um, and, and also helping them to understand um, what used to be referred to as coping mechanisms, how to, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I mean, they, I forget, different, different researchers have different names. You're, mm -hmm. you're exactly right. Mm -hmm. But the point is, these are teachable skills. And so, for example, in the research and replicated in my classes, men come in with higher levels of resilience than men. Okay. And I, I'm sorry, than women, than women. You know, so there's a gap, gender gap. Right. And, you know, there are reasons, whatever. But by the end of the semester, we have closed the gender gap in resilience. These are teachable skills. And so once you teach women how to become resilient, they're not afraid of failing. So they'll ask for the sale and they'll apply for the job and they will mm -hmm. have the courage to take a risk. And that changes, that changes everything. And it doesn't right. hurt men at all. It does not hurt men at all. Right. And, and in fact, um, one of the selling points to men is I, I'll ask the men in the class, do you want wimpy women? Do you want wimpy team members? Or do you want strong team members who can present ideas, who can yeah. defend the company, who mm -hmm. can stand up? Oh, well, I want strong. You want a strong partner? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's, it's a win-win. It's a win-win for everybody. Wonderful. Wonderful. I love, I love hearing these stories. It's um, your optimism shines through incredibly. Um, uh, it's interesting because when I made some notes, I actually went back and listened to your TED talk, Empowering Women Benefits Everyone. And I encourage everybody to, to check it out. Um, it, the TED talk, what I took out of it, it, it points out that you have found, as we just discussed, resiliency and overcoming the fear of failure are teachable skills. I, yeah. I'd love for other educators who hopefully will be listening to this uh, podcast. I'd love for them to take some of these ideas and implement them into their current classes. Because I understand getting a new class is, is a rather challengeable uh, task for some universities. Um, but you can take little pieces of, mm -hmm. of what, what you have talked about and implement them into a current like like introduction to professional yeah. sales well and marty that's exactly what i did i i started out because i had a long history of teaching professional selling which was mostly men with a couple of women mm -hmm. that was my basis added started out with the resilience papers mm -hmm. okay now and then i added negotiation now i'm adding money because women don't talk about money we don't like to talk oh. about money well you know what we've got to get real comfortable talking about money especially if we're going to be effective negotiators so i keep adding things mm -hmm. but you're exactly right i started out by adding one thing and then one thing led to another and then the interesting piece is I've got my women in sales course, and then I teach professional selling occasionally. Mm -hmm. Okay, so just, I, I, I joke, okay, maybe, maybe I'm lazy, okay, but whatever. I didn't want to prep two courses. So I said, you know what? I don't think this information is going to hurt men at all. 
and I was right. So I now teach the exact same course to men and it works really, it works really, really well. I it's, it's very effective. Um, They need the refreshers on resilience Mm -hmm. and overcoming fear of failure and negotiation, just like the women do. And don't you think the fear of failure is even heightened because of the current conditions that most people find themselves in? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, a- absolutely. Yeah. And the ice, the isolation is mm-hmm. deafening. Mm-hmm. Absolutely deafening. I yeah. just heard one, someone say the other day that um, we have to, some of us have to relearn how to be sociable animals again. Yes. Yes. And, and I, I can see that more. being a real problem. Yeah. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, and even pre pre COVID, if you think about the generation that we're teaching, they were taught from a very early age: don't talk to strangers for good yeah. reason. Yeah. And and they grew up with texting and everything else. Mm-hmm. So pre COVID, all sales professors kind of had their work cut out with them, saying, "Okay, now this is how you this is mm-hmm. how you practice." And and I would say that's that's a key if to teaching resilience it's practice it's mm-hmm. not reading in a textbook it's practice 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 and so pre covid a lot of my job was practicing talking to strangers starting a conversation with a stranger asking questions covid has just made the challenge even greater yeah I'm so sure. and and but all the more need for sales classes i mean I am with you. I think every student in the university should take a sales class because everybody sells something. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, everybody you sells know, something. Y- yeah, ab- absolutely. And it's been discussed, not, you know, not, yeah, we're not, we're not there yet, but it has been discussed. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah. Every time I see that, I just get all excited because I know um, the potential outcomes for the, yeah. for the students. It's just wonderful. Well, Jane, I'm, I'm looking at the clock and I think that, um, I think we've given people a lot to, to, um, think about and hopefully a lot of professors will say, Hmm, you know, this is a, this is a great idea. Uh, the, the resiliency factor, just getting students to recognize that they, um, have that fear of failure and helping them figure out ways to overcome it, uh, it's it's just so mind-blowing in a way you know it's so simple but uh but complicated (laughs) well and thank you for bringing this to to light i really appreciate that and it's always a delight to talk to you because you ask such good questions i i i so enjoy our conversations yeah it's been great jane and uh i encourage people to check out um jane soika uh, look her up on TEDx. Um, you can find her podcast probably in the next 24 hours. And um, just so you know, Jane, I'm going to be sending this link to the over 100 professors that um, are part of our little core group and, and recommending. So you may be getting lots of emails. <laughs> and, and I hope Wonderful. you do. <laughs> I, I do too, because just do it. Just, just, just do it. You got to start somewhere. So I, I appreciate you encouraging other faculty members across the country to start. Well, I just, we appreciate you so much and everything you've done for professional sales and, and uh, being on the board of SEF. It's just uh, having people like you makes my job so wonderful. 
I really enjoy it. Thanks, Jane. Well, thank you, Marty. It, is, it has been a delight. Uh, have a great day. You too. Bye-bye.